Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. What I want to share with you today is what I believe God is doing within His house today, within the church. And though I have ministered on this subject before, I want to emphasize the importance of adequate preparation when it comes to the things of God and when it comes to the work that God is endeavoring to do in the heart and mind of the believer in this time and during this season. God wants us to be fully aware and fully awakened in order to recognize the seasons and the times that we are currently living in. So what is God doing in your life? What is God busy doing in my heart, in the life of the church collectively? And I believe that God is preparing us now for what is to come. He is doing a thorough work of preparation for what is to come next, not just in your own life, but in the life of the church, not just in the life of the church, but also what is to come in the world as well as in the kingdom of God. So God is working and His Spirit is moving, bringing us to a place of readiness. God wants us to be ready, folks, and it's important that we work with God. It's important that we cooperate with His Spirit and not resist Him in any way. In Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 19 and 20, or right from 18, 19 and 20, the Word of God says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. And He tells us not to remember the things of old, not to remember the past, because he says, I am doing something entirely new. And then he asks the question, shall you not know it? Shall you not perceive it? There is the danger, therefore, not to perceive, not to understand what God is doing. And instead of working with him and cooperating with his spirit, we may find ourselves without knowing that we are resisting the move of God and what He endeavors to do in this present time in our lives. You see, the Word of God tells us that the Holy Spirit, when He comes, He will show us things to come. How I thank God for the revelation of the Spirit that many times He show us things to come down the road in order that we might be prepared for what is to come. And I have experienced this a number of times, that whenever God wanted to do something new in my own life, in my own ministry, God let me know by the revelation of the Spirit what He intends to do, and then He has given me instructions on how to prepare adequately for what I am about to enter into, and how I thank God for this revelation. I remember years ago, 
before the Lord called me into public ministry, he began to minister and to talk to me about not having sufficient faith to deal with what is to come. And then he led me how to build up my spirit, how to build up my faith in order to be able to take those steps of faith that I needed to take in obedience to the Lord so that God could accomplish what he wanted to accomplish through my ministry. And when I did that and be obedient to the Lord and followed his instructions, I was ready, I was adequately prepared, and I was uh, and, I, and I launched into what God had prepared for me. Also, years down the road, about five years down the road, the Lord also revealed to me by the Spirit what is coming next. And in that move, He showed me that He would move me from Zimbabwe to South Africa. And then He specifically gave me certain instructions he said, I am bringing an entirely new thing in your life. And if you're not sensitive enough to my spirit, if you are not awakened spiritually, there is a danger that you may not recognize what I'm about to do. And then you will find yourself resisting me rather than cooperating with my spirit. And then he gave me certain instructions and he said, son, I want you to spend extra time in prayer, not just any prayer, but praying in the Spirit so that you may prepare your spirit, alert your mind in order to recognize what I'm doing and then cooperate with me. And then he said, not only are you, uh, you are to spend extra time in prayer, but you are to engage with my word diligently meditate in the word pray in the spirit and also fast as often as you can on a weekly basis well few months down the road i began to discern to understand what god is doing and when the transition came or when the time came to transition into another state into another stage it was just as natural as I could describe it, but it was a supernatural move. Why? Because I was ready. I was prepared. And that is what God is doing or endeavoring to do right now in his church, in your life. He is preparing you now for what is coming next. So that when, when you face whatever comes next, you are thoroughly and adequately prepared to handle any situation, any circumstance that you might be facing. But also, not just on the negative side, but also on the blessing side. God has prepared wonderful things for the believer. The Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And you know that you love God. You love God because he first loved you. And because we love God, God has already prepared certain things that our natural senses cannot perceive or receive them nor understand them. The only way we're going to find that out is by the revelation of the Spirit. 
So God is preparing us for these wonderful things that he has prepared for us. But if we are not prepared, if we are not ready, we will not be able to handle the blessing or steward the blessing that is headed our way. And the Lord also revealed to me this morning that many times believers pray for things and ask God for things that they're not ready here to receive. They're not ready to steward because they're not mature enough. They're not adequately prepared. And therefore, their answers do not get the prayers, don't get answers, because God is not going to give you something that's going to, that's going to kill you. God is not going to give you something that you're not able to handle or steward or manage wisely. So it is important that we work with God what he wants to do right now in our lives. So to successfully do that, in order to successfully cooperate with his spirit, we need to be spiritually awakened. That is why in my last sermons, in the last two to three weeks, I spoke about the, the necessity of being awakened. The word of the Lord says in Isaiah 52, Awake, awake, and put on strength, O arm of the Lord. He is calling us to arise. Isaiah chapter 60 says, Arise, for your light has come. You see, he's talking to our inner man, to our spiritual person. And he says, you need to arise from the slumber of spiritual slumber and indifference and really get serious when it comes to engaging God in prayer and in the word. Why? Because God says your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon the church. And even though darkness covers the earth and gross darkness, the people of the earth, the Lord will arise over his church and his glory will be seen in the church, in you and in me. These are exciting days that we are living in. That is why it's, it's vitally important that we are spiritually awakened, that our spirit is fully alert that our spiritual senses are fully awakened. Why? So that we may read the leading of the Lord correctly, so that we may understand the seasons and the times that we are living in, so that we may be able to pick up even the slightest whisper of the Spirit. As the Spirit prompts you, you because you are awakened, you are ready to pick up that prompting of the Spirit and work with God in what He wants to do in you and through you. So, what is God saying? What is God doing? He's preparing us now for what is coming next. You know, I am thoroughly convinced that many believers are so spiritually asleep, they have no idea what's around the corner. No idea what is going to take place next. Not just in their own lives, but in the lives of the family. And the reason being is not because God doesn't want us to know. The reason being is not because our spirits have fallen asleep. That's why Jesus said, watch therefore and pray always. Watch therefore and pray always. 
Why? That you may be counted worthy to escape all of these things that will come to pass and to be able to stand before the Son of Man on that day. A watchful spirit is a prayerful spirit. A watchful spirit is aware spiritually what goes on around him. A watchful spirit is one that is alert to the warnings and to the whispers of the spirit. And because of it, he's able to escape the traps that the enemy sets. You know, the enemy does not sleep. He is awake, wide awake, 24-7. And he's plotting and he's planning your destruction, your demise. That's, that's his call. He's Satan. He's the adversary. That's what he does. He opposes us. Jesus said, the thief cometh not. But to do what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. Remember Jesus said in one of his parables, while men slept, the enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat. And let me tell you this. The greatest damage that is, that, that is being done is when a believer is spiritually asleep. When he is not awakened in the spirit and when he's not recognizing what goes on and discerning in the, in the spiritual realm. And that's why God is saying this is time for us to arise and to awake and to cooperate with God because right now the Spirit of God is breathing upon His church. And I want to be fully under the breath of God so that my gift within me is stirred up, so that my spirit is fully alert, fully awakened. My mind is illuminated with revelation knowledge. And I have utterance in my mouth whenever the need arises to speak a word in season to him that is discouraged, to him that has lost hope, to him that has lost faith, and bring them into a place of readiness in order to receive from God. Jesus said something very profound in Matthew chapter 13. He says, if you hear with the ear and see with the eye and understand with the heart and turn, then I will heal them. Where is healing? Where is deliverance? Is in the hearing ear, in the seeing eye, and in a heart that understands the ways of God and turns towards him fully. And then healing comes, deliverance comes, prosperity comes, the blessing comes because we have turned to God holy. And so the breath of God is at work right now. And I want you to be fully under that breath. Or you may say, Pastor, where is God breathing right now? What is he saying? How can I be a partaker of that breath of God that's going to bring life and revival to my soul and to my spirit? Well, this is what God, I believe, is calling us or instructing us to do. James chapter 4 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Where is God breathing? Upon the people that are drawing near to God, that are pursuing God with all of the heart. Jeremiah said, and you will seek me, says the Lord, and you will find me when? When you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found by you. 
I will be found. We're going to find direction. We're going to find wisdom. We're going to find health and healing. We're going to find deliverance. We're going to find the blessing of the Lord when we seek him with all of our hearts. So where is God breathing? He's breathing upon those that are drawing near to God. He's breathing upon those that are seeking God diligently, wholeheartedly seeking his face. That's where he's breathing right now. And he wants to breathe upon you and upon me, but there is a condition we need to draw near. We need to come near to God and we need to engage with him. How do you engage with God? He's breathing upon the people that are in prayer. They are consistently in prayer. Day in and day out, they are seeking the Lord. They're not taking a holiday. They're not allowing other things to crowd their time. They, they guard their precious time with the Lord. And they put him first before anyone or anything else. And Jesus warned us. He said, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things, when they come into our heart, what do they do? They choke the very life of God out of us. Are you listening to me? So we need to keep the cares out. We need to keep the anxieties out. We need to keep those worries out. Amen? And, and, and the desire for other things. And we need to focus on God and allow Him to take first place in our lives. So He's breathing upon those that are seeking Him. The Word of God says in Hebrews chapter 11 that He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. If you diligently seek God, God is going to reward you. God is going to reward you with answers to prayer. God is going to reward you with those things that you desperately need to accomplish your purpose. But only those who diligently seek Him. Amen? He's breathing right now. He's breathing right now. And He says, draw near to me. Catch the breath of my spirit. Engage with me in the Word. Engage with me in prayer. And he's also breathing upon those that are seeking and consecrating themselves in order to present themselves before the Lord. I'm reminded at this time of the, of the five foolish virgins and the five wise virgins. Matthew 25. Let's, let's read that. If you have your Bibles with you, why don't you turn with me to Matthew chapter 25, beginning with verse 1. Let's look at what Jesus said concerning this. Matthew chapter 25, I'm reading from the New King James translation. And this is what he says. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took the lambs and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. And those who were wise, those who were foolish, took their lambs and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in the vessels with the lambs. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. 
And all those virgins arose and trimmed their lambs. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lambs are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went out to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. And afterward the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. You see, the foolish ones went, but they took no oil in the lamps. In other words, they had a form of godliness, but they denied the power thereof. They had no oil, they had no passion, they had no spiritual vitality in them. They just had a form of godliness. They had religion, but they had no substance. And that's what Jesus is coming back for. He's coming back for a church that is thoroughly in love with him. He's coming back for a church that has prepared herself for him and him only. So let us not be foolish. But let us prepare for what is coming. Amen. You may not know fully what is coming. You may not know fully what is around the corner. But if your spiritual person is prepared and ready, your mind is renewed, then you will be able to face the challenges. Amen. The tragedy is that if we do not listen, if we do not make adequate preparation, we will not be ready. We will be swallowed under. That's why the book of Proverbs says, if you falter in the day of adversity, your strength is small. God wants to increase our strength, our spiritual fortitude. He wants us to be alert and ready for what he is preparing us for. He says, I am doing a new thing. What are you doing, Lord? Well, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you and I will show you what I have prepared you for. I will show you what I'm doing in your life specifically so that you may know and be prepared. So when the time comes for the shift, for the transition, you see, God wants to take us into places we've never been before. Because God is always at work, always at work taking us onto new places. The Bible says that we grow from faith to faith and from glory to glory. He doesn't want us to just sit in the shadow somewhere. He wants us to engage him and engage with the mission that he's given us, whatever that mission is. And so we need to be alert. And that's what the Spirit impressed upon me this morning as I sought his face, as I prayed diligently, and I said, Lord, I want to share a now word with your people. What are you saying? What are you doing? What do you want us to do? So take these instructions. Take them not from me, but take them from the Spirit of God. Meditate on them. It says, draw near to me. How do I do that, Lord? Show me. 
God has a way of drawing us into his presence. Amen. And as we come, as we engage, the revelation of the Spirit will flow. And we will know and we will understand and we will perceive what God is doing so that we can cooperate with him. Let me give you an example. Uh, recently, three years ago, the Lord impressed upon my heart to um, prepare for this load shedding that is constantly harassing and hindering uh, us and the economy of this country. Today, we have stage six. That means for six hours, there is no electricity, no power. Everything is shut down for six hours. And, um, and I, I, I just wanted to get ready because I, I work with the Internet. I cannot be off the air anytime. And so I, I said to my wife, look, it's time that we, that we get solar panels, that we get, we get ready because things are going to get worse. They're not going to get any better. We need to be prepared for what is coming. And honestly, I found resistance. I, my wife said, no, it's too expensive. And no, it's technology. What if something goes wrong? You know, a number of excuses why we should not do this. That was three years ago. Well, I don't like to argue, especially with my wife. I, I yield, you know, okay. But then again, the Spirit of God started talking to me and he says, get ready. And so 18 months ago, I said, let's do this, love, because this is, this is going to get worse. It's not going to get any better. And she's, she was still resisting, so I called in reinforcements. I called in Stephen and the rest of the children, and they started talking to her. And you know what? Finally, she agreed, and we're going to do this in peace and in agreement. And so I installed the solar panels and all of that. And you know what? Today she says, thank God <laughs> we have solar panels on our roof and we have power. But you know what? If, if we do not discern what God is doing, it's so easy to resist him, thinking that you're doing the right thing. Are you listening to me? And I, I, I see this happening. So, you know, 11 years ago, Pastor Frank came to me and said, God has revealed to me by the Spirit that I need a spiritual father in my life. I'm all alone here in Cape Town. I'm pastoring a church, but I have no oversight, no covering. And I've been praying for four years and fasting and seeking God. And God revealed to me by the Spirit that what is hindering me is a spiritual oversight, is someone who would become a mentor and a spiritual father in my life. Well, I've prayed, he prayed, we prayed, and so I have agreed to walk with him and his wife on a, on a journey. And you know what? Today I look back, and my God, I, I say to him, what would have happened if Frank did not obey the instruction of the Spirit. Well, COVID hit. Situations happened. Circumstances. And the enemy just attacked and ravished his church. And that's when the covering 
began to take effect. And the value of that oversight became evident. And if he had not listened and made adequate preparation and reached out in faith, I don't believe he would have been in the ministry today and he can testify to that himself. But he listened. He was praying. He was fasting. He was was seeking God's face. And God began to show him. He didn't show him all the details. But all it revealed to him is you need spiritual oversight. You need covering over you, over your family, and over your church. But he didn't give him all the details what would happen if he didn't. But thank God, he obeyed. And that's what God desires and expects from each and every one of us. Obey the promptings of the Spirit. Hear what the Spirit is saying to you today through my mouth. Amen? And ask the Lord to show you practically how to prepare yourself now for what is coming next so that you may be ready to deal with it not only deal with it but overcome it amen and to be able to handle the blessing that God is going to bring into your life you can be ready and say Lord I am watchful I am in prayer the word of God says in in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 19 listen praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Well, I don't know all the saints. I know you, but I don't know all the saints, but the Spirit does. The Word of God says, when I am praying in tongues, my Spirit prays by the help of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, our infirmities. And then he spells out what those weaknesses are. He says, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he who searches the heart, you see the Spirit of God searches our heart, and searches the heart of God, and in that search, he knows exactly what the mind of the Spirit is. And then he says, he prays for the saints according to the will of God. So let the Spirit of God pray through you. I mean, you receive the Holy Spirit, and in the Spirit, he's given you gifts. And I find that the gift, my prayer language, has become such an important tool in fanning the flame of God's gift within me. And I praise God for that gift. I value it. And that's why Paul, writing to Timothy, says, Do not neglect the gift of God that is within you, which you received by the laying on of my hands. God wants us to value, to appreciate the very gift of the person of the Holy Spirit within us and to stir up and to fan that flame because God wants you on fire. Amen. He does not want us to be indifferent. He does not want us to be uh, lukewarm, but he wants us to be hot on fire for God. 
May the Lord ignite a flame within your belly that will burn every chaff, that will burn everything that is not of Him. Amen. And one of the prayers that I pray often, and I pray for you, is I'm saying to the Lord, I'm crying out, Lord, breathe upon us, O breath of God, until we are wholly yours, until this earthly part of us glows with your fire divine. Amen. God is doing a work of sanctification and purification because the word says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And then he says, pursue peace with all men and holiness, for without it, no one will see the Lord. Amen. And I pray that God will burn every form of compromise in our lives, every form of friendship with the world. Amen. And our hearts would be solely devoted to him and him alone. Last week, I spoke to you about God is restoring the Lordship of Jesus in the church. And when Jesus is Lord, everything falls into place. When he has preeminence and priority above all things, it's not my work first, it's Jesus first. It's not my career first, it's Jesus first. Amen. It's not my family first, it's Jesus first. Hello? Amen. He is Lord, and that's the Spirit of God doing right now in the life of the church, and I thank Him for it. So let's cooperate with God, folks. Do your own prayers. Say your own words. God understands the language of the heart, and so let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for what you are currently doing in our lives, in the life of your church, in, your, in the life of your beloved Lord. And even though we do not see it with our natural eye, we see it with the eye of faith and we give you thanks as we yield to you, as we yield to your spirit and say, Lord, have your way with us. May your will be done on earth in us as it is in heaven, dear Lord. May your kingdom come fully in us and through us and within the sphere of our authority. We yield ourselves to you, Father, and I pray that by your Spirit you give guidelines and practical steps to each and every one of us as we rise, as we stand on our feet in the Spirit and allow you to complete and to finish the work you have begun within us. And we thank you for giving us ears that are able to hear in the Spirit, dear Lord. You're giving us eyes that we are able to see prophetically into the future. For your word says that when the Spirit comes, he will show us things to come. Thank you for that revelation, precious Holy Spirit. We give you thanks and praise. Lead us into a close fellowship and intimacy with you, Lord. And not only teach us to love you more, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would teach us to hate sin with perfect hatred. And this is one of the evidence, Lord, that our spirits are awakened, because not only do we love Jesus, but we also hate every form of evil and every form of iniquity. We give you praise today, Father, in Jesus' name. 
and we thank you for our time together today. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.